Do you really want your company to stand out in the crowded digital space? Do you want to get more people to know, like, and trust you with your story? Authentic Web Video Marketing Agency can help you to collect those stories, the stories that sell, connect the stories to the situation, produce the videos that you need in each of the situations, and then use the latest techniques, including video ads, retargeting, and email to deliver those video stories. Authentic Web is the video production and marketing agency trusted by top marketers to help their story stand out in a crowded space. Visit AuthenticWeb.media to learn more. In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. Is this thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. And today's guest is kind of a repeat guest. He was on the Dow of Inbound, back when it was the Dow of Inbound. Now he's on the Garlic Marketing Show. Fantastic business attorney. A lot of people love him for you know his business advice. Uh, but our guest today, Elliot Wagenheim, thank you for returning. He's got a podcast coming out um, on stories, business stories, which I mean, how perfect is that? Elliot, thanks for being on the show again. Oh, are you kidding? Thanks for asking me. I was I was so pumped when I uh, got the invitation to come back on. Awesome. Well, it's, yeah, it's great. I know we we had a great conversation last time yeah. about you know starting those conversations with your potential customers and your prospects, thinking right. about you know where you're going to end up, talking about your book and and really with that end in mind. But now, you know, even though you talk about the end in mind, business stories are crucial. And it's not just those success stories, right? It's it's really the, the great business stories are the failures. So can you tell me a little bit about this podcast you're starting? Yeah, I'm uh, working with a, just a terrific, uh, very intuitive uh, business coach and facilitator named Jody Hume. And the podcast is called So Here's My Story. We're launching in June. It's on, you can find us on, our, on Facebook at So Here's My Story. Um, and it's really about uh, just what it says. It's it's the stories, and and you and I were just talking about this very briefly pre-show uh, because I know you had to hit record, so we didn't you know explore this for five hours, as you said before we started the show. <laughs> um, but you know, I think one of the real challenges for business people is you get together, you're meeting somebody new, maybe they're a prospect. You, you have that same boring conversation that you always have, you know, well, who's your ideal customer? What are you looking for? Or how's business going? And you never dive beneath the surface to find the stuff that's really relatable, the stuff that's the, the real stories, whether it's, gee, I, I failed in this, or I did a bad, bad job here, but I'm doing better. Or even what your why, you know, why are you doing this? Why, why do you get up in the morning? Why, why are you pumped to be working in your company? And so yeah. that's why I, I really wanted to talk to you because I know you do so much with stories and it's so important. We both recognize the importance of it. Yeah. And, and I, I love that you're going to do this because it's, 
you know, I go to masterminds with some awesome, awesome entrepreneurs, and you know, we get into the once you get to know each other, then those stories come out. But those really, until then, you know, and you hear everyone's success story, you get kind of depressed too, right? Uh, because, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you're like, why is everyone doing such a good job and I'm not? Um, but well, I, because what what you do, it's like social media. You know, if you're even non-business, you know, you're spending time on Facebook and you're watching everybody else's highlight film, but you've got your own backstage pass, right? Mm-hmm. You know that things are messy, but everybody else seems to go from triumph to triumph. And yeah, it can get depressing if you think about it. Yeah. And you know, another important point about these business stories that I try and stress to people too, is, is they're important for your team? Because, uh, you know, I know with my team, they, yes. you know, they see the chaos that happens inside of our business and, and they don't, I'm like, guys, you know, we actually have this down pretty pat compa- compared to most other businesses. Yeah. They're showing you their best thing on the outside. Businesses don't have systems like this. Most businesses, even, you know, one of my, one of my team members works for a very large, his significant other works for a very large company and he's like, they're a complete mess. They have no systems. I mean, a very large company, right? And, yeah. uh, and these systems help or these stories will help your team too, right? Well, they absolutely do. And, and I'll just give you an example. I was speaking to a client at, at coffee yesterday, and the client has does this executive. They're an executive search firm, but they really search for um, executives in the private and charter school network, you know, that area. Mm-hmm. And so they named their search group. It's called the Finney Search Group. And the reason they named it the Finney Search Group is because there is this legendary he was a headmaster of a private school here in Baltimore, but uh, Redmond, it's got a great name, Redmond Cunningham Stewart Finney. You know, it's just one of these old time Ivy League jock guys, couldn't be friendlier, smart as a whip. He knew the name of every student in the school within the first week, and there are like hundreds of them. And there, there are so many stories about Reddy Finney and, and who he was as a person. He meant if you knew him, he meant integrity and he meant doing things the right way and sweating the details and, but respect and being friendly. Anyway, so my point is this. My point is that the stories of him serve as that organization's North Star. You can come into them and they and sell and get clients and work with schools and do placements, but unless you understand their story, why why they adopted that name then you don't get it. But if you do know the guy or know what he represents, everything falls into place because that's your North star. Mm, I love that. That's so cool. It's, it's, it's so easy, right? Instead of trying to describe all that. And like you were talking, you were talking before in bullet points and business jargon, it's just, boom, here's a set of stories. We all understand these stories and, if, and, and they're entertaining and we remember them, man. Well, it's it's an easy concept, but see, here's the thing, and and you were you were telling me about this pre-show. You know what what you're doing is taking these stories. That's an oral history, and you know you have to know that oral history, and you have to be able to tell it. Not everybody can tell a story. So what you're doing is you're taking those stories. You're you're teasing them out of your clients. I suspect I don't think they necessarily know what their most powerful stories are all the time, Mm-mm. and then are finding a way to, to make them accessible to people who have never, who have no exposure to them before. Right. Yep. Yep. I don't think that's easy. Well, I mean, no, you know it's true. I, I yeah. think that 
you know, I'd love to hear how you elicit those stories and how you make it so accessible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I think it's story because we've done so much with technology and communication and had stories come to us that we don't have to go out and find the stories anymore, right? Because they're just coming to us. We sit in front of TV, it's boom, story, story, story coming to us. So we don't have to find them and tease them out. And it, it, it's, I think it was one of those things that we used to have. And you think about it, you know, I, I was actually writing about the six and writing a book on, on case studies and how to, how to create them and how to create the perfect video case study. And, you know, thinking about going to a pub and how it used to be that that was the communication, right? And everyone had their, their set of stories that they'd have to tell, but also you'd capture those. And there's always this story interaction that we're kind of losing these days. And yeah, I mean, and I love the fact that you're going out and finding these business stories. And I think it's just, it's one of those things, it's a, it's a muscle that we have to just go out there and do and find and, um, and listen to them and, and tell them. Yeah, and, and so there are two things that, that occur to me. One is how do you person-to-person break through the, so who's your ideal client and what do you do for whatever? How do you break through to get that, which is more of a person-to-person skill? But the other thing that occurs to me, and, and I read about this, I'm going to mangle the, the words, but there are two areas of the brain that are responsible for expressive and receptive areas for language, Broca's area and Warnke's area. And together they comprise about 10% of the mass of the brain. And they light up if you're reading a PowerPoint or if you're just hearing or reading a personnel manual or kind of a letter from the CEO about who we are. But if, let's say somebody's telling you a story about um, – uh, standing next to your grandmother and making chicken soup, okay? Everything that's involved in that story, the smell of the chicken soup, the closeness to your grandmother, your recollections of the perfume she used to wear, the, um, the heat from the stove, the, whatever it is, all of those areas in the brain that are responsible for sensing the smells and the tastes and the touch and the feel, all of those areas light up. And that's a hell of a lot more than just 10% of the brain. So that's why stories resonate with us so powerfully, because it engages us fully just as if we were right there with, with grandma making the soup. We don't have to be. I could just hear you tell that story, and all of my receptors light up. And that's why story is so engaging and gripping and necessary, because it, it, it brings in people in a way that just... You know, these surface letters and marketing brochures and, and um, PowerPoints, lifestyle. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. So when it comes to finding these stories and finding these business stories, you've heard a ton of them. I mean, as a business attorney, you've heard them all along the way. You've seen the ups and sure. downs and all that stuff. So how are you approaching getting these stories onto your podcast? Because it seems to me that these aren't just going to be stories of success like we see out there all the time. No, and one of the important aspects, and we've been collecting them, but one of the important aspects, believe it or not, we Jody and I refer to it as witness protection. You know, so maybe, you know, you had said it's kind of depressing sometimes when you, you're in a group, you hear all these highlights, you know. And so if you picture yourself being in this group and everybody's talking about how the economy is tough, but, you know, if you're smart enough, you have a lot of cash reserves and you put away and you have all this – and so you're sitting there in the group and you're nodding along, 
like you're part of this group that's smarter than other people, those poor souls that don't have a lot of cash. But all the while, you may be thinking, geez, I'm, I'm a little, I'm tight on cash. I, I, um, I'm a little worried about payroll next week. And, but if, if I say something like that, then I'm obviously going to be outcast as some sort of idiot and I didn't know and, and whatever. And, um, but a lot of people feel that way. But they don't want to come on a podcast and say, "Hi, I'm Elliot Wagenheim, and I really and here's how I screwed up my business last year." So, I mean, some will, some will say, "This is the mistake I made, and this is how I learned from it." And if I had it to do over again, I'd do X. But some don't want to do that. They want to tell their story. They want to help people, but they don't want to give their name. And so we we have some of these stories where we don't give people's names. We just tell your story about. You know, you, you ran a company, you ran it successfully for three years, and then you filed for bankruptcy on year four. What happened? Mm. And they'll tell their story. Yeah. And so it's sometimes, you'd be surprised. Sometimes maybe you wouldn't. But it's like this huge weight off their chest. You know, they're telling this story, and, and all of a sudden, through a conversation, they realize, you know what? They're not stupid, and they're not the only ones. And their self-worth isn't just tied to that one thing that didn't go right for them. Yes. And these are so important, um, not only in your business and in your your marketing, because it it gives you some sort of support, right? You can be afraid, but you always know, hey, you're going to turn it around. And uh, it it gives you some place to go, which I love this idea of it. Um, Have you recorded any of these episodes yet? We've recorded the episodes. We we don't have them uh, up on Libsyn or iTunes yet. We've we're still and you know how this works. Obviously, um, we've got the episodes and we have the outro and the intro and the music and we've I have it at my sound engineer to put it all together. So we're looking at a couple weeks. Awesome! I'm excited. So that'll probably be about time people are listening to this. Um, uh, you know, we'll probably launch this about a week and a half or so from now. Oh, okay. Um, cool. So which will be awesome. Tell me a little bit. Can you tell some highlights of, of some of the episodes that are coming out? Yeah, I mean, and some of them arise from just the absurd things that happen in life. You know, um, I'll tell you one. One was just uh, my story, and it wasn't a dramatic business story. It was a stupid story, but but it was talking about validation. Um, this was, uh, I guess, a week before recording. Uh, the episode. I had gone to this this popular lunch place, and um, I pulled my my car into the space between these two cars. And so this car on my right starts pulling out, and I honestly don't think that she saw me. So she started angling her car, to, you know, to, to pull out of the space. And I tapped on my horn to let her know, "Hey, you're going to hit my car. I'm here. You might not have seen that somebody filled the space." So she pulled out. And then she rolled down her window. Or, what, that's probably a, an expression that shows your age, roll down your window. But she, <laughs> she lowered her window, and she just gave me the finger, starts yelling at me, and she drove off. Well, then, it, okay, so I'm, I'm irritated by this. And the guy on my left, who I didn't even notice, really, I get out of my car. Well, I'm sorry. I, I was sitting in my car. He motions for me to lower my window. So I lowered my window, and I'm like, What? That's what I'm thinking. I didn't say that joke, but I'm like, what do you want? Because I'm already ticked off at this woman that just came in. And he looks over through his car, you know, out his right side window, and he goes, 
she was totally going to hit your car. And then she pulls out and she flips you the bird. What's up with that? Now, I will tell you, if this guy had been going into the restaurant instead of coming out, I would have bought him lunch. <laughs> I would have bought my new best friend lunch because what he provided for me, all I needed at that moment was a little bit of validation. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know, right? And it struck me that it was such a simple interaction. But if he had been selling something, I would have bought it. If he had wanted lunch, I would have bought that. You know, in that moment, a lot of times business and relationships are made up of those tiny little moments of being able to perceive what somebody else needs and then being willing to supply it. It's empathy and compassion. Empathy, you sense what somebody needs. Compassion, you supply it. Empathy, you sense that the homeless person is cold. Compassion, you give them a cup of coffee. Compassion, you get them a Coke. It's proactive. And in that one instance, in a stupid little circumstance, you could see that this person demonstrated both empathy and compassion, and I would have laid down in traffic for him. And so sometimes we just talk about things like that and then translate that into, okay, in your business and your service model, how do you do that for your best customers? Yes. Oh, and you know, it, it, we're always seeking at, in our agency, it's our, our first core value is we seek to understand. Um, and you know, it's, it's so crucial, but it does so much. And I love that story too, because man, that, that really evokes the emotions. You took me on that emotional roller coaster because I know that feeling, you know, when someone's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they get mad at you. And I also know that feeling when I have empathy and I'm, I'm going to tell you one little secret that I, I you know, obviously all the listeners too, is if you use that empathy when you're at airlines and use that empathy when you're in line at airlines, because that person in front of you is always mad at the counter, you will get your way nine times out of 10. If you're just like, man, that person was really mean to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Because what you're doing is you're recognizing that the person behind that counter is an actual person that they don't like being yelled at that they probably don't, it's probably not the CEO of American Airlines, right, controlling everything, you know, and they could be having a bad day. Oh, and by the way, maybe they've been there since eight and it's two o'clock and they haven't eaten lunch yet. Uh, um, so you're right. You, it's amazing how much you can accomplish um, if you just show that. And then, and to your point also, even though it's a, just a small thing on the counter, um, what I learned in college and it's carried through now is that, um, in college where I went, it was the secretaries and the bus drivers that controlled the world. Yes. If I was nice to the bus drivers, because we had an East Campus and a West Campus, if I was nice to the bus drivers, eventually they'd get to know me. I don't have to bake them cookies, but I'm just nice to them. They, they'd get to know me, and maybe they'd wait a little bit if they see I'm hurrying for the bus. If I'm nice for, to the secretaries, they won't just tell me that so-and-so is not available. They'll tell me when she is available. Or they'll put my message up top and say, hey, you know, Elliot was trying to talk to you. Maybe you can, you know, get with him. But so many people overlook the the gatekeepers or the people that perform vital functions because they say, oh, they're not they're not important to me. I just want to talk to the CMO, the CEO, the CFO. Yep. And, and like you said, they, they hold the keys to the kingdom. You know, it's funny because I, that was always when I was consulting and I was in New York and I'd go to attorney's offices. I, I, I mean, it was just natural for me because I, I like people. So, you know, I get to know them and I still have connection with some of those gatekeepers and it's been seven years, eight years, but it's, yeah. 
you know, it makes such a difference and it makes everyone's life better, right? If you treat people like people. Um, but, you know, so I love that story. Uh, can you tell me a few, like, maybe some highlights of the other ones? Because I'm really excited and I, I don't know when I'm going to get to listen to the podcast. So I want to hear some highlights. Well, okay. So we had, absolutely. So we had somebody on who was talking about the fact that, um, Business was going great. You know, they were they were killing it every year, 15, 20% over the previous year. They were really going well. No debt. You know, they were not going to cover off the ball. And then, and this goes back a number of years. It goes back to about 10 years now. Um, then they started digging into their line a little bit first, then a lot, and then a lot, a lot. Um, and they came very close to bankruptcy. You know, and so this this person who was running it was like, well, you know, when I was doing really well, I was a genius. I had all of these people working for me. I was, you know, I was just a genius. I was the Elon Musk of my little local swimming hole, right? And, um, but then the recession hit and um, I didn't adjust because I kept thinking that, uh, okay, this month wasn't all that good. But all I need is one of my standard months, you know, a, a good month, I'll make it back. Kind of like being in a casino. I've lost money here, I'll make it back on the next spin or the next pull or the next hand. Um, and so month after month, I kept thinking, well, this this still, this wasn't a good month, but I only need a couple of those other months that I used to have all the time and, and everything's fine. And so what he said was, the bottom line was, I waited too long to pull the trigger. I had to let people go. And I, I hesitated, not just because I cared for them, but I also thought if I walked into their office and said, I have to let you go, not because you're incompetent, not because you did something or failed to do something, but because I don't have the work for you, then what I'm really saying is I'm letting you go. You depended on me. You bet your ability to pay your mortgage on me. You know, you, you have your kid in private school or whatever your expenses are. And I wasn't good enough to, um, to justify that reliance. And, and I let you down. And he said, that's what's going through my mind. I let these people down. I'm such a failure. And so guy went into six figures of debt into his credit line. He said, it took me years to dig out, you know, and I did. And I learned a lot from it. And ultimately, when I pulled the trigger, these people knew. I mean, they're not stupid. They knew there wasn't the work there. They expected this talk quite a while ago. Um, and they didn't, you know, they were disappointed, but they didn't blame him at all. But just the angst and the anguish that he was carrying around and how that translated into jeopardizing his home, his family, his health. You know, so that's that's one of those stories. And we go into... So much of business is personal. It's an emotional part of it, and it's a um, uh, not just a dollars and cents balance sheet type uh, consideration. And so that's one of the things that we've gone into is just kind of instructive and and working through those processes and those emotions. Yeah, and those. I mean, those emotions. I mean, we're not rational beings. You know, it's and those emotions are so important for people running businesses, for people growing businesses to know. 
and get a hold of. I mean, I know when I was trading, you know, I always thought it was about the technical part. And a lot of people come to me for marketing advice and the technical part. And it's not the technical part. It's about when you're in the middle of it, what do you do? Because it's never a rational thing. Because if it was a rational thing, we'd all be doing wonderful. (laughs) Or an algorithm could do it. Yeah, exactly. Or an algorithm could do it. Exactly. And and that's why these stories are so important. Um, And it's great that you're making this shortcut. So, you know, know, we didn't talk about last time too much, but, you, you know, on your... Um, on your main website, you have some great stories of people you helped, and I, I love the way you've, you've presented them, and and, um, and and that's great. How do you go about collecting the stories of the people that you helped? <laughs> With great difficulty, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why I'm laughing because I it's so hard for me. I, it, what's very easy for me is to come on here and have a conversation with you and. I, it was no joke when you said we could talk four to five hours about the stuff that you're doing. I find it fascinating. It's so incredibly cool. I want to talk about that stuff. But what's very hard for me is to say to you or, you know, any friend of mine, say, hey, Ian, you know, can, can you do me a favor on this thing I'm going to ask you? It's really just for me. It, it, you don't get anything out of it at all. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Whatever it is, it's so hard for me. So... I also, you know, I realized that I didn't want a website that started with the first person, like that I do this, or Mm -hmm. this is what we do, and this is where I went to school. And, you know, I I wanted to start with the second person, you. I wanted the clients, my ideal clients, to be able to see themselves in my website, see their story, know that I understand what keeps them up at night, and that I can provide certain solutions to them. So that meant I needed stories. I needed testimonials. I needed people who would say in their own words what they found to be of value. So I remember I called up one of my longtime clients. I love this guy. He's just just a great business person. He's a terrific human being. I mean, he's... You know, he's asked me to, to serve as trustee for his kid's trust. I mean, so I know him well. And so I'm talking to him and I'm kind of warming up to asking him to do a testimony and all that. And I'm stammering and hemming and hawing through my ask. And finally I, I ask him, I said, you know, I just, this is my thought. I was hoping that you could, you know, I could send somebody out there with the camera. Maybe you could tell a story and I could put your picture up and on the website, or whatever. And his response was, Jesus, Elliot, I thought you were going to ask me for a kidney. it's like of course i'll do that just you know let's figure out a time send you people out and do whatever you want um so for him and he still laughs about it to this day um but i've i finally identified to answer your question i i really i started identifying the people that i love to work with you know which is an exercise i think you have to go through as a company anyway as you mature to really pare down your client list to those you love to work with and then get more of them. But so I, I identify the people I love to work with, with this one thought in mind, who would I clone? If I could have 10 of somebody, if I could wave my magic wand and clone somebody, who would it be? Let's make a list of some of these guys, then go out and talk to them and say, why, why are you with me? It can't be because, I know I'm not the cheapest guy in town and it can't be because I'm just, you know, 
more convenient to you and I'm, we're not related, why are you with me? And so I'll, they'll tell me and I'll tell them because I want more of you. If something resonates with you, I want to be able to do that better for you and I want to be able to do that out in the world more because I love working with you. And if I could, I'd clone you. So can you help me? And so I'll collect those stories. And a lot of times it wasn't what I thought it was. Um, what resonated with them was something that I might have taken for granted. But to them, it was incredibly important. Oh, yeah. And that's a, a crucial, crucial item that we forget as experts. And I called, I always call it the curse of the expert because we're so sitting on the margin and it, like I, you're probably like me and you like to be the best at what you do and you're constantly improving it and constantly improving it and constantly improving it. And so you think whatever's on the margin, whatever's at that bleeding edge is what's really the value. And it's that simple thing that you do every day is really the big value to the customer. They don't even care about that stuff that you, the tech, technician cares about, right? Right. And, and a lot of times, and I found this curse of the expert is a great way to put it. I found that people who are very good at what they do often take a good part of their skill set for granted. You know, you could have somebody who is just an incredibly, like my co-host Jody uh, for the podcast. So here's my story. She's, she is one of the most intuitive people that I've ever met. You could come in and within four words, you're saying four words, she'll know kind of what you're feeling and, and kind of be able to get to the bottom of it. She's just gifted with that. But I suspect that with her, she doesn't think that's a big deal. She's more like, well, hell, everybody could do that. <laughs> but the point is they can't do that. And so, so many experts, like you said something to me, You um, and I know you didn't mean it this way, but one of the things you said in describing what you were doing with the stories um, I know you're still searching for a name, but the animations, as you call it, um, you were like, well, it's easy. But it's not easy. It, it's easy to you because, and I've gotten to know you a little bit, because you're so interested in these stories and telling them and how they relate and what they mean to people. That's how your mind works. Mm -hmm. So to you, yeah, I get it. It's easy. But you're an expert. It's not easy to most people. And sometimes we forget that. We forget it all the time. We forget it yeah. all the time. And it's, and it's also like back to what you originally said, the why, the why of, of what you're doing resonates so much with people. It, it, and we forget that too, because, you know, we just look around at our competition. Um, that's, this is fantastic. And uh, I love it. And um, when you're going through these business stories, are there any particular types of businesses that you, you have more of, or are you going through on the podcast and having a ton of different business stories? It's, it's all across industries. And by the way, um, here's my shameless promotion. If any of your people listening have stories that they, they think would really bring insight to other people, I'd love to hear it. Um, so it really cuts across industries. Um, I'm not, but here's what we're not looking for. We're not looking for, this is how I became Superman and I <laughs> overcame all challenges and I'm the best in the world. And I, and I get it. There are people out there the best in the world and all that stuff. And there's such a place for advice books and self-help books and, and blogs and all that. I, I get that. I'm not denigrating that at all. But I, I want the real conversations. I want where there's some vulnerability. It doesn't have to be all failure or something, but there's some vulnerability. This is where I had doubts. This is what we did. This is, could have done this differently, and and this is what I learned. But 
<laughs> maybe this doesn't. You know, just the real human part of it. And that's that's what that cuts across all industries and all sizes. And, and it's crucial, too. And it, it, these are the crucial things that people need to be listening to. I love it. Um, it because it is we need to hear that as entrepreneurs, as business leaders, as as marketers, you know, where the failures occurred. Because it, that's the only real way we're going to learn. Um, <laughs> because Otherwise we're going to be touching hot stoves all the time, right? You have to learn from from failure, from sometimes other people's mistakes. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And in fact, I think last time we talked about it too was your you know your your favorite quote was success is a lousy teacher because it, it convinces part, smart people that they cannot fail. Right. Uh, um, right. And, you know, it, it's true. It's true. Um, Elliot, you know, we, we've got to go, uh, you know, but this is awesome. Awesome. Uh, so the podcast comes out in a few weeks. So if you're listening to this, the podcast is probably out. Can you tell us the name of it again? So here's my story. Awesome. That's it. Just that's, so here's my story. That is. And it's, the, you know, the, the, these stories of business and, and ups and downs that we all need to be hearing on a regular basis. Um, and you're out speaking a lot. Do you have any upcoming speaking gigs? I do. Um, uh, the one I'm, I'm really excited about, it's going a little bit far into the future, but, um, at the end of September, I'm speaking at inbound, awesome. um, and in Boston, which I know you're familiar with. It's, um, it's the, I think it's the largest, uh, marketing conference in the country. Um, the featured speaker, the featured keynote is, is Michelle Obama. And I know, Ian, that you're stunned that she's getting the billing and I'm not. I, I, but, don't, know uh, that, I don't know how that happened. It's probably a marketing slip-up from my own people. I blame <laughs> myself, really. But, I mean, it's so cool. Um, Inbound is such a great conference. So I'll be speaking there um, end of September. Yeah, we'll be there, too. So we'll have to meet up. Oh, great. Excellent. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, well, Elliot, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been fantastic. We're excited for the podcast, excited to hear these stories. Um, and I'm sure, and don't forget, Elliot has a book, which we talked about, uh, Fire Ready Aim. Uh, if you look back a few episodes um, for Elliot's last episode with us, it was fantastic. It was a lot of great advice. But thanks again, Elliot. Hey, thank you for having me, and I look forward to seeing you at an inbound. Yes, yes. And thank you all for listening to the Garlic Marketing Show and taking Elliot and I on your journey. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. <laughs>